The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I hope you all had a great time this weekend. Uh, I had a good weekend, got a lot of stuff done, and uh, here we are. If you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. Hope you uh, like what you hear today. May the Lord bless you and the callers and the hearers and all of that. All right, all right. So if you want to watch... All you got to do is go to the CARM.org website, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. On the right-hand side of the homepage, you will find the um, uh, the link there. You can see me in the studio here uh, doing my thing. So there you go. Uh, I painted behind me and uh, tried to make it a little bit more artistic. You can give me your feedback on that if you want. Whew, how about that, huh? Okay, four open lines. All you have to do is dial 877 207 Two two seven six. I want to hear from you. Let's just jump on the air. Get to Alex from Florida. Alex, welcome. You're on the air. I really want to make a joke right now. Every time I call it. Well, you are a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, beat you to it. People are going to think you're rude, man. You're going to start getting more hate mail. Even. Well, I, I, well, yeah, we need some more hate mail. So it's pretty good. But uh, <laughs> you know, I do like more. hate mail. That's right. Uh, too, too See, funny. Yeah, um, quick and hey, slick. I, I got you fast. Yeah, so. you got me. You got me fast. Yeah, that's right. Um, I know you like tea. You know, speaking of drinks, uh, have you ever mm-hmm. tried rose tea? Rose tea. It sounds too sissy for me. I like manly tea. You know, put kitty litter in there, some yard clippings, and uh, a couple tea leaves. Yeah, I'm good. So you like to visit the hospital frequently. <laughs> Well, you know, when you do this stuff as much as I have, your body just adapts. And uh, usually there's uh, quick evacuations and issues, but I'm fine. So you're, what do you got? You're an anom- anomaly, man. You're an anomaly. <laughs> that, that's what my wife uh, says while she's rubbing her forehead a lot. <laughs> oh, man. But um, so I was calling about the term son of man. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard some other callers calling about it before, but so I'm mm-hmm. doing my Bible reading. I'm in Ezekiel, and it goes mm-hmm. Ezekiel two one, three one, four one, five one, six one, seven one. Uh, you know, all those verses mm-hmm. they talk about son of man. What what exactly does that mean when he's referring to Ezekiel as the son of man? He's just the son of man, son of a man, and, and just a title that Ezekiel is that. Jesus is called the son of man. But uh, it's in different context and different reference. So he says, "In you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, etc." In Ezekiel seven one, what it is is a uh, well. Let me get this. There we go. It's just a uh, a phrase. That's all. Just a phrase that God's using to describe him. But you know, I suspect there's probably something more behind it. There always is something, you know, more. So that's what I would think. Off the top of my head. Yeah, it kind of popped out to me. All right, well, yeah, I was just wondering. But, yeah, maybe it's just, a, like you said, it's just kind of a title. He's just referring to him as a yeah. man. Well, you know, 
son of man, as in mankind, and so it's, it's probably a, a um, an ancient term used for a designation of an individual, just showing that uh, you're you know you're one of the children of humanity, things like that. Okay. okay. Um, uh, do you got time for one quick question? Another one. That was that was one. Here's another one. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a, okay. Here's another one. Then. Here's another All right. question. All right. Um, so me and my wife were discussing last night about you know God being everlasting, His Word being everlasting, mm-hmm. and we were kind of going back and forth about this. You know, John one one when it says in the beginning it was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God, and the Word is talking mm-hmm. about the Lagos, you know, the Word of God. But she's talking. You know, she was saying about how you know you have the Bible, the book of God's Word, mm-hmm. but in John one one. Is the reference to the word not only Christ, but is it also to the Bible? Can I make that distinction, or no? No, the context of John 1.1 1, 1 is very clear. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And so when we say uh, that he's the Word of God, in that sense, uh, we're saying he is God the Word. But the phrase is also used of Scripture. Uh, John 10:35. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the Scripture cannot be broken, so it's a uh, excuse me. It's a, a phrase used of Christ, and also the Bible or the Scriptures. You can also go to Acts 4:31, and they get, begin to speak the word of God with boldness. So it, it's a reference to the Scriptures as well. Okay. Okay, and then here's here's where it gets a little confusing. You know, when you go back and forth, and you're saying the Bible is the word of God, but then mm-hmm. you can say the Bible. Can you say the Bible as a whole had a beginning? Is that wrong because it is the word of God? Well, yes, the Bible did have a beginning in that the written form of it had to ex- to come into existence. So yeah, it had a beginning. So not not a problem. But, but here's. Yeah, here's where it gets. Here's where I'm thinking, though. But the Bible, it's it, God's word. It's everlasting. So technically, it was always with Him in the beginning, even though it wasn't written out. Do, do you see where I'm just, coming from? Okay. Yeah, just just as your sentence in question you just asked was always with God, because it was ordained to occur by the foundation of the world, in the mind of God who created all things actual, uh, out of an infinite realm of potentialities. And so all of those things uh, have actuality in the uh, or potentiality in the mind of God and are actualized in history. So you can say that the Word of God has that quality as well. The Scriptures that they were always in the mind of God, but came into our realm of existence in written form uh, two thousand years ago or so. Okay. Okay. So so both me and my wife are saying a true statement. Yeah, it just depends on the context and how it's meant. Okay. Yeah. Jesus is okay, the Word of God. The go Scriptures on. are the Word of God. And they have different contexts, different things. And Son of God uh, can mean uh, Christ, God, who's God the Son, but can also mean angels in uh, Job. So mean, a word and phrases mean what they mean in context. Okay? Yeah, it, w- it was just interesting because you know how it is late at night with your wife talking to bed and you're just going back and forth and you're tired and it's like almost like we're going back and forth but we're both saying a true statement this is why i say to people on a regular basis always define your terms yeah 
Okay, yeah, you know what? That's probably what I did wrong there. I didn't, because, yeah, okay. All right, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, you clearing that yeah. up for me. That makes, all, that makes Always sense. define your terms. Then use the terms in sentences. Then use scripture and logic to validate or invalidate the sentences. So terms, and, scripture, excuse me, terms, sentences, and then scripture and logic. Okay? Yeah, and maybe, and maybe laying down with your wife in the dark with no Bible open. Probably isn't the best time for that conversation. Why not? You can have a good time just talking with uh, with her it's about stuff like that. It's not a big deal. You know, it's not a yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it gets to okay. the point, though, where we don't have we don't have the answers, and it's like, hey, let's just revisit it in the morning. I was like, yeah, I'll call Matt. What do you think about it? There, there you go. <laughs> I don't. Oh. I don't call. I don't trust. I don't. We're not going to go down the Jesus being sprinkled route. But I'll trust you on a lot of other things. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's a homework assignment for you. You find sure. when when Jesus says that he had to fulfill righteousness in Matthew three about his baptism. That means the Old Testament. Find where uh, whatever he was doing was re- a requirement of being immersed in water. See if you can find it. And when you can't. Uh, you can come back to me and say, you're right again. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, brother. Ah, uh, yeah, I got you. No, oh, just, you know, just trying to help you out. No, just trying to help you out a little. All right. I know. I Yeah, no, I get it. I, it's love. It's your way of showing love. And not really. If I love you, I say I insult you. I say, well, wait a minute. I have been insulted. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Both worlds, then. Yeah. All right? All right, brother. I appreciate it. Okay, man. Talk to you later. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey, folks, you want to give me a call? All you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get to Rudolph from Raleigh, North Carolina. Rudolph, welcome. You're on the air. Yes, sir. Um, what are oneness Pentecostal? Cultists. Okay. What did they believe? Want another answer? <laughs> I'm playing with you because you've called so many times before and just giving you a hard time. One is Pentecostals deny the doctrine of the Trinity, and they say that. Uh, there we go. They deny the doctrine of the Trinity and say God is one person, and they uh, are overly charismatic. They hoop and holler and run around the church. They say you have to be baptized, quote unquote in Jesus name uh, you can lose your salvation uh, because you keep it by your goodness and uh, let's see what else oh yeah you'll uh, be baptized in Jesus name in order to be saved so they deny the doctrine of the Trinity they say Jesus is one person they have problems with the hypostatic union or the incarnation of Christ they require baptismal regeneration and the the uh, uh, speaking of uh, the charismatic movement of speaking in tongues with uh, they call it, what's it, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the Holy Ghost. That's right. It's baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So you've got to speak in tongues uh, to prove your baptism in the Holy Ghost. And that means that you're a true Christian. And it's a non-Christian cult. Okay. okay. Uh, the, are they anything like the Trinitarian? No, they're not Trinitarian. They deny the Trinity. Okay. So what do Trinitarians believe? Trinitarians believe that God is one being 
who exists eternally as three simultaneous co-eternal persons. Baptism is not necessary for salvation, not the means of salvation, but we're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there's differences there quite a bit. Okay. 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 Thank you very much, and God bless you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, Rudolph, man. God bless, buddy. All right. If you want to give me a call, three, oh, four open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Mike from Greensboro, North Carolina. Mike, welcome. You're on the air. Uh, hello. Um, reading my way through the Bible and mm -hmm. uh, getting into Leviticus, mm -hmm. I noticed some of the, um, the commands in Leviticus were pretty much straightforward. And some mm -hmm. of them, well... They seem a bit like they uh, they would cause a bit of a problem if you were talking to a, uh, a non-believer, and they would say, well, I should be able to do this because you mix two different kinds of flocks. Because of what? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. What? Because, because of... Nowadays, nowadays, we mix two different kinds of uh, cloths into one fabric. Oh. Yeah, the response, yeah, the answer, the answer is that God was, uh, had certain requirements only for Israel and others for Gentiles. That's all. So there's a phrase in the Bible, say to the sons of Israel. Let's see if I can find it. Say to the sons, let's see if I can find it quickly. I've got an article, I always have trouble finding the article, uh, where, uh, certain things, uh, you know what, there's a break. See if you can find it during the break and I'll give you the reference for it and it shows you more documentation. So hold on, okay? Hey, we have four open lines if you want to give me a call. 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. All right, uh, let's see. Three open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Mike from Greensboro. Mike, welcome. You're hey. on here. Hey. Yeah, All right, so. Mm -hmm. All right, I found the article. And what you can do is you can go to CARM and look up why do we follow some Levitical laws and not others. And uh, so... I guess I should have followed it there first. That's all right. It's okay. So uh, in the left column, I have a table there. Speak to the sons of Israel is a phrase designating instructions only to Israel. And down in there, instructions on bringing in offering to the Lord, atonement, don't eat fat from an ox, sheep, or goat, procedures for peace offerings. Uh, it goes on. I have 27 things listed there. And so, you know, make a tassel. Uh, you're to do that. You're to uh, laws on cleanliness and adultery test, confession says. All right. On the right column, it's, it has things that are for everybody. You shall not do the customs of the nations which I shall drive out before you. And it goes on, and there's listings of theirs. Don't uncover the nakedness of various relatives. Uh, don't lie with animal males and females and homosexuality. And these are universal. So there's certain ones that are spoken only to Israel, and they represent a system of purity for Israel because they were the ones who were supposed to bear the Messiah, and he is to be pure. So this is representative, ultimately, of his purity. 
The Gentiles, however, were not under the same Levitical obligations in, in many areas, but they were in some, like uh, don't commit adultery, etc. Well, that applies to both. But there are certain things, uh, Nazarite vows and laws out of number six. That only applies to the, to the, uh, to the Jews. Okay? All right, cool. Thank you. Okay, makes sense? Yep. All right, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, God bless. Bye. All right, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Let's get to Alex from Utah. Alex, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Doing good. Mm-hmm. Hey, I had a question in regard to the verse in Leviticus 19, verse 28. Okay. Um, no, what... My wife and I were watching uh, Ray Comfort, a video mm-hmm. that he did, and he stated that this is the only spot in the Bible that talks about tattoos, but then my wife brought up uh, Revelation 19, 16, um, and Isaiah 39, 16, and we were wondering... In those two verses, is that figurative speech or is that literal? Well, the Revelation 19.16 is a figurative a name written, a King of Kings and Lord of Lords on his thigh. Uh, it's uh, the thigh. How do I say this politely? If you put your hand, well, let's see. The thigh represents the area next to uh, genitalia. And so it's a place of authority and um, it's an important place in Judaism. This is why, I forget where the rule is, but if a man and two men fight and one reaches out for his, etc., then uh, there are to be consequences. They represent uh, progeny, authority, uh, headship, kingship, all kinds of stuff, depending on the usage. So that's why that's there. Now, what was the other one, Isaiah what? Um, I believe the verse was Isaiah 49.16, um, where it says that we are engraven on his hand, um, because the verse 16. in Leviticus 19.28 says no marking. Um, yeah. Is wondering if that, that kind of refers to marking. No, I don't believe so. Uh, and we'll go back to Leviticus 19.28 here in a little bit, but it's uh, Isaiah 49.16. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls have con- are uh, continually before me. So it looks like uh, what that is is just another metaphor and expression. Okay. To inscribe. Okay. So there's that. Uh, when it talks about this in Leviticus 19.28, you shall not make cuts for your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Now, this is spoken specifically to the Jews. They are to remain clean. Uh, there were tendencies of people who wanted to um, worship, pray to their dead relatives. They'd make cuts in their bodies in mourning, M-O-U-R, you know, to mourn, and also uh, to mark uh, permanently in their bodies. And this is done for occult practices in b- bad ways. And God's saying, don't do that. So this, and I know Ray, and, and Ray's correct. 
It's the only place in the Bible where where uh, uh, the tattoo marks issue comes up. This is all that I'm aware of. So we're not to do that now. Can we then take make tattoos for ourselves or have tattoos? Uh, you know, that's up to the individual because it looks like this here is for it's for covenant Israel back then in that context, which doesn't apply now. Okay. Okay. All right, and one more one more thing, if I could ask mm-hmm. you, uh, this kind of led to a little bit of a, a debate between us on whether every time it states in the Bible um, specifying us or saying that we are engraved, uh, like engraven on God's hands, or God holds the world in His hands, is that literal or figurative? God doesn't have any hands. So it's, it's figurative. Yeah. Now, Jesus does. But, of course, uh, this is written before then. And so the Bible is full of expressions, and we just need to understand those expressions as being such. So they can be transliterated or translated into uh, English. You know, For example, in the Hebrews, when God, in the Hebrew, when God clears his nostrils, that's what it says in the Hebrew. But what it means is he's angry. And so we say, and the anger of the Lord. So there's things like that. And since God, by definition, doesn't have hands, then when he says, I've engraven you on my hands, or I'll cover you with my wings, then he's speaking metaphorically in terms we understand. Okay? Okay. Thank you very right. much. And thank you so much for your ministry. Uh, me and my wife love listening to you, and you're a huge well, hey, man, praise God. Hey, you know, I'm coming down in a, a couple of weeks to uh, Utah, down there to Provo to preach. I don't know if you're in the area. Yeah, I was, church. I was actually, I was going to try and uh, reach out to you about that to see what location you're going to be preaching at in Forum or Provo. Yeah, it's City on a Hill Church. City on a Hill. Okay. okay. All right. It's on the corner. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sounds good, man. All right. Okay. 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 God bless, Alex. All right. All right. Four open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back after these messages. I get to Trey from Winston-Salem. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We have four open lines if you want to give me a call. And all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Trey from Winston-Salem, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, good evening, Matt. I appreciate you taking my call. Sure. Um, this may be a little controversial. I don't know. I've run into it in the Christian camp and Christian mm-hmm. circles. I am a pastor of a local church, and uh, my viewpoints often differ with a lot of people in the circle. But uh, I, I believe that God's people should be bold. I believe that God's people 
uh, should go out in the name of the Lord. And, you know, I, I think God's people, you know, have really today uh, got into mixes and stuff that, you know, it's kind of watered down the power and things of God on them. But my question for you, and the reason for my call is I, I got sent a video today um, and uh, concerning New Orleans. And the video showed the uh, body armor on soldiers going into residents' houses in New Orleans and confiscating their self-defense weapons, uh, going door-to-door to do this. Um, I actually tried to get in touch with the sheriff of New Orleans uh, to find out, you know, what was going on. Uh, only to learn just in uh, typing in New Orleans on the search page that New Orleans actually has the number one highest rate murder rate in America. And then I also learned that this uh, uh, sheriff woman, Democrat, uh, had purged out the sheriff department. She just fired uh, four of the top to rank uh, sheriff deputies in her department. Uh, in just recent months, it hadn't been, uh, I think that's just been a couple of months ago, based on the report that I, you know, got off of the Internet. So my question, I guess, is how far do people, especially in a Christian camp, um, you know, do they do this Romans 13 mess that these churches like to portray? Um, I understand Romans 13 is in the scriptures, um, but I also understand that the Constitution that we have is for we the people, not we the politicians or we the government. And when I see innocent people, especially law-abiding people, uh, being having their homes brought in by armed military personnel with body armor, it's very concerning to me when I see that in America. And uh, to be honest with you, it really ticks me off because I look at this and I say, how would I react if somebody comes in my house like that? And my reaction is probably going to be different than what a lot of these Christians, you know, so-called say, well, render under Caesar and all this. But it is, the Bible says render under Caesar things that are Caesar and unto God the things that are God. You know, and I think a lot of times people like to render under God the things that are, you know, to that to Caesar, and that's error. That's not right. Um, so I was just curious to see what your thoughts may be on this. Sure, I, I think you need to continue to preach the truth to your congregation and let the uh, door slap them on the rear on the way out if they don't like it. We have the right of self-defense, uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-six. We have the right to bear arms. Jesus even said to the disciples, do you have a sword? They said no. He says, go sell your cloak and go buy one. So they bought a sword. We have the right of self-defense. The government has the obligation to enforce the Constitution. Now, the Declaration of Independence says that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, the ends is speaking of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life involves the issue of self-defense. Liberty, we have to have uh, the right of being able to protect ourselves. Pursuit of happiness, we need to have that right as well. And so if a government stands in, in the way of that, this is in the Declaration of Independence, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to... Uh, as to them shall seem necessary or seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So, if someone came to my home and said, we're taking all your guns, 
if they have more guns than I do right there at the door, well, I can't stop them. But I'm going to get new ones. Right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, leave myself defenseless, particularly for what I do. And when I go out about yeah. around my town, I, I'm armed. I have the right of self-defense. And you'll find in you, in history, you'll find out. If you, I'm sure you've already studied it, that one of the means of oppression that a government will use, or a steps to oppression, is the confiscation of its weapons. Because if the people right. don't have their weapons, they can't defend themselves, and they can't say no to an oppressive government. Now, here's something that is necessary for us to understand. The United States government is not to be trusted anymore. I'm saying this publicly. Yes. Because the DOJ is being weaponized against conservatives. So is the IRS. I believe, and this is That's my correct. opinion, that uh, Biden, the Biden family, is absolutely corrupt. Kamala Harris is an incompetent buffoon. And uh, uh, half the, uh, let's just say, I wish I was better with names because I'm so bad with them. Let's just say that most of the men in the Senate and Congress don't have the guts to do what needs to be done. Women are rising up and getting it done. When women start doing what men are supposed to be doing because men are too afraid to do anything, it's a real shame to men. We are called to, as men to stand up and fight for righteousness. It doesn't mean we need to be violent. We need to vote these these freaks out of office. Uh, and that's what needs I to be agree. done. You know, it's been, yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's been my experience in churches. I'm talking good fundamentals, you know, and they boost Second Amendment and this and all that, but you know, man, it's really hurt me because when the rubber meets the road, they're nowhere to be found. They have folded like a lounge chair, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, well, that's <laughs> that's what Caesar says." We have, and I'm like, "What in the world have we been preaching? And what in the world has been going on all these years?" And one little thing hits, and you know, it's like the COVID thing. The COVID thing hits. You know, the altars were closed. They shut the altars down. They closed the church. That that should not happen in America. That's right. You know, when we when we are there, and fortunately the church that I'm at now and involved with the good, you know, good craft, the the altar stayed open. You know, we refused to shut it down because we knew that in a time of crisis, God is where you turn to. God is where you go. You know, and that is what needs to happen across America. Is these people in these churches need to stop bowing down to Caesar. They need to put God back on the throne, and they need to start getting some things squared away because it gets so aggravating with me when these pastors in all these churches, they just go around and they just worry about their little baked things and their mashed potatoes and riding around on church fuel, it seems like. And it's so aggravating that we have sold out America for ease of creatures of comfort and materialism and a bunch of crap. you know. And now it's time that the rug is being shaken in America God is tired of the mess, and he's putting us through some discomfort so he can see exactly what we're made out of. And it it really bothers me right now because the camps and stuff that I see going around these churches and stuff, I'm finding out that the church is really not made of a whole lot. It it really bothers me, Matt. It really does because these guys here should be standing up. They should be going out in the name of the Lord. They should be bold. They should be getting some, some things squared away, and it's a very small percentile that's actually even doing anything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very it's very concerning. It's very concerning. You are right. And you are my kind of guy. See, I believe in standing <laughs> up for truth. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Okay? Because you and I, we'd be friends, all right? I mean, that's it. I'd come over to us and go, okay, you and I are friends. That's it. Done. Settled. Okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, you know, it's, it's aggravating. 
it, it, it is aggravating. Well, what do the Christians you know, do? They're following the yeah. blonde-haired, blue-eyed Caucasian surfer Jesus, dressed in a woman's nightgown. They're not following the, the Lord yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. No, not, not following the one yeah, who and you know, overturned temple take, tables. Matt, Go ahead. Matt, I'll take it a step further. I, I, I'll tell you this. Most of the churches and all these camps that you'll see do this, the Spirit of God, they, they talk about the Spirit of God, but most of them haven't really walked in it really, really strong like. And I'll tell you something, if people get into the Spirit of God like they need to and get in there and let the spiritual aspects of God, because the Holy Ghost is real, the Holy Spirit's real, I believe it's the same. And I'm going to tell you something, if people would just get involved with it and really seek it, they'll get this boldness I'm talking about, because it will change their life. They'll be in church all their life. Mama and Grandpa grew up, and they'd be saying all this stuff. But I'm telling you, if they get a hold of that Holy Spirit and stuff, it'll change them. Yes. It'll change them because they'll get that boldness because they're going to know without a shadow of a doubt that God is, is real and God will be by their side. And I think so many times they forget that because they got so much of a head knowledge without actually having the interaction with God like they need to. And, uh, I, you know, I believe that. I believe that. But I, I do. I believe it's time for people in the churches of America today to get off their butt, to start getting out there and start saying, hey, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. We're going to take America back. We're going to do some things for the glory of God. And all these people that's going around here threatening and all this stuff, their their voice is no more than toilet paper because we got God. You know, and that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Uh, you know, we got millions of people bowing down to four or five people, so to speak, in the, in the correlation of the numbers. And the people are just so dumb, they don't realize what's going on or they don't care to Good stuff, brother. All right. Hey, you move here to Idaho. We'll get along. All right, man. All right, brother. I'll have to come check you out. All right. Anytime. All right, Trey. All right. That's my kind of guy. All right. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. And if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. DG, welcome, buddy. Howdy, how are you? Everybody <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> so everybody, this is DG. He goes to my Bible study here on Thursday nights at the house and He's a great guy and supports us. And uh, hey, I'm I'm uh, tickled that you're calling. Is this your first time calling the show? Oh, probably the second or third time, but it's been stretched over years. All right. I just try to listen time. and learn. Well, you're but, definitely learning. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that last caller kind of um, he left out some information. Okay. okay. Just Go let the it. viewers know, or people listeners, I should say. I was a cop for 43 years, so I know what I'm talking about. Okay, he talked about New Orleans having the number one murder rate per capita in the country. That's correct. And he talked about cops with bulletproof vests going in and going, you know, taking arms away from people, et cetera, et cetera. He left out a lot of information. I mean, that's a scary thing. And everything you guys said, I agree with probably 99% of it. I, you know, about, I mean, I agree, but. The problem here, things get worse when you don't have good communication. Okay. The communication I'm talking about is, number one, all police officers wear bulletproof vests. And they've done that for, I don't know, since the 70s maybe. 
Okay. Also, maybe those officers had a reason to go into that house. And I would bet money that they had a warrant. And if they have a warrant, then they're doing going at least going through procedures. Now, I, I realize there can be problems since the FBI has problems with their warrants, but I won't go there. But, you know, I, it, the point is, is getting after, he didn't give the information on those people. He just condemned all police officers wearing bulletproof vests going into houses with guns. And I realize in the future that may happen. But still, we have to have we have to give pertinent information. We have to communicate with each other because when we don't do that communication, there could be more problems. That's true. You know, I do know that uh, during uh, Katrina, that uh, the military was it police officers are going from home to home confiscating weapons from law-abiding citizens. That was a problem. I know that happened. Yeah, and that was probably under a, a, a federal regulation, if I'm not wrong. I don't know, but I'm guessing. And, yeah, and feds, fed, for a long time, uh, New Orleans was under the control of the Justice Department yeah. because they were so corrupt. So, but I just, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I get wound up when you start condemning all cops, and 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 most cops are pretty good people and they yeah. try to do a good job and they don't like a lot of stuff they have to do sometimes etc so right. and you know information is important absolutely you know when i see cops uh, very often you know i'll say hey thanks for being cops and and uh, appreciate what you do and i value it don't you get enough credit uh, i think you risk your lives for people and uh, you know, you do a great job, and I've had so many cops just say thank you, thank you, and then I'll say to them, yeah. just remember that when you're chasing me later, and they get a <laughs> chuckle out of that. And but I do, I say it regularly, so yeah. Not no, you do, and I know you support the police, and it's just Absolutely. where things are going. We got to tell people yeah. what's happening in this world, but oh yeah, you know, yes, we do. It's getting bad, but I don't trust our government. Yep. I don't know if you do, but I don't trust the feds. I don't trust the DOJ. I don't trust the IRS. I don't trust Biden. I don't trust Harris, Pelosi. No, I don't either. I don't trust that Democratic sheriff down there either. (laughs) Nope. And if you're a Democrat, don't trust you. Period. End of story. But, you know, I'm still, you got to give the cops a fair shake and you got to communicate things properly. I agree. You are correct. All right. I'll let you go and get some good questions. All right, we'll see you Thursday for the study, okay? Uh, I won't make it. i got a medical procedure happening. So. Oh, well, you need but prayer or I can't need wait transportation? One. Need help oh, no, or transportation? No, it's all taken care of. No, no, it's not a biggie. It'll, you know, so. But I'll be there for the one after that. I'm, I'm really enjoying moments. Okay, good. All so right. if people are listening and they can get there, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, in fact, why don't you tell them about the Bible study? Just because you, you go... And, and, you know, are you enjoying it? Uh, I'm more than enjoying it. And I could, you know, before we did Romans, we're doing James. And that got really deep. And that really made me think about things. It, 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 it touched me in a personal way so I could, you know, where I was working, I'm being more Christ-like and bringing glory to God because that's why we're here. And so, I mean, I'm getting all that. Not to speak of the fellowship and it's a great group of people yeah and uh i i, I really enjoy it it's just i i know i'm kind of quiet usually but i just 
it's it's coming in, and I I'm just learning, and I'm learning, and, and you can always learn. And the Bible's so deep, and, and I appreciate it. And, and I don't even mind if we're going to take a year to go through Romans. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take about a year. There's going to be, I'm, and I keep telling people that it's going to change their theology, and it's going to affect how they appreciate people's preaching. It's it's a profound book, and there are depths in there that a lot of people are just not aware of. But that's okay. We're getting through it little by little, and. Uh, so oh, it'll God. be great. It'll be, it's good. It's all good with the Bible. And, and right. I appreciate your teaching. And I even appreciate you re- repeating like you do, but a good teacher does that. Yeah, it's called inculcation. That's right. I won't put you on the spot and ask you theology questions, but, uh, you know, so I'll be merciful to you. <laughs> okay, brother. <laughs> okay, you have a nice day, guy. Say you hi too, to Nick. Okay, will do. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot, DG. God bless. All right. Hey, we have four open lines, 877-207-2276. much you give me a call? All right, let's get to Derek from Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the air. Hello? I hit the button. Go ahead. Are you there? Hello, Matt. Yes. I hear you. Okay. How you doing, sir? Doing all right. Hanging in there, man. What do you got, buddy? Hey, I was um, listening to a guy called Dr. Michael Brown and mm-hmm. uh, the other day, I think on Wednesday or Thursday of last week, but mm-hmm. he was saying that in the 1970s, uh, I guess, well, whenever he got saved or whatever, he didn't believe in apostles. But like in the later, well, like in 2000 and something, all of a sudden he believed, oh, well, there are apostles. And I said, huh? How can he make that statement? So, I guess because of the charismatic movement and all this, but when you look in Galatians chapter 1, and then Paul starts talking Corinthians and in Acts chapter 1, when uh, Judas had betrayed Christ, then all of a sudden, then the bishopric, when all this started happening around chapter, verse 20, 22, somewhere around in there, mm-hmm. and they started to select someone else to go but one of the criteria that they stated was basically the person had to have seen the risen Christ at the walk with the Lord right. and Paul said I was born out of due time but I saw the Lord right. but how could that be more than the apostles because they don't meet the criteria well did you know there are seven kinds of apostles in the Bible there are okay so there's the twelve apostles and those are the, who are among the, you know, the, the actual direct disciples of Christ. Now, Paul was an apostle, but he was not one of the original. Now, we know that this is interesting because uh, when the disciples said that they needed to replace Judas, they said, someone who's been with us from the beginning. Paul was yeah. not, yet he was called an right. apostle. So we know there's 12 apostles, and then we could say that Paul was an apostle and maybe of a different category in that sense. Barnabas was an apostle, but he performed no miracles and did not write scripture. Jesus is called an apostle. There's there's also false apostles. Okay, now, Mm -hmm. this leaves two more. There's uh, the word or the verb in Greek, apostello, means to send. There are apostles in the sense of simply being sent. They are messengers. They perform no miracles. That's 2 Corinthians 8.23, for example. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. Uh, 
and that's it. He's he's like that. And so there are places uh, in the scriptures where we see people who are just sent. And then we have uh, another category where basically anyone involved, it could be possible that anyone who was involved in Christ's ministry before his death and saw him after his resurrection could be referred to as an apostle. All right. So are there apostles and prophets today? Now let's leave the prophets thing aside because that's another discussion. Are there apostles? Certainly not in the 12 apostles context. Certainly not in the Pauline context. Could it be that they're in a Barnabas kind of apostolic? There's no miracles. They, They did not write scripture. If we were to say that an apostle is someone who sent, if we were to say that, and sent by the Lord and commissioned, then we can call him an apostle. The problem with that, of course, is that it raises too many questions. And Paul did say in 1 Corinthians 9.1, Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen the risen Lord? The, the right. apostolic authority issue, now that's another thing, because the apostles had authority, had to have been with the Lord and seen the Lord. That's not for today. Now we hear people who will say, Oh, you know, I'm an apostle of God, and I was talking to the Lord, and he told me blah, blah, blah. And I always like to see, oh, he told you, right? He told you. So how did you react when God told you something? Well, you know, I'm just telling you this stuff now. If God spoke to me, it'll take me days to recover getting off my face. And so I I don't buy those, what they say. They're too casual. And so are there apostles today? Not in the biblical sense of authority and being sent uh, with the ability to perform certain miraculous things and authority positions in the church over other people. I don't see that in Scripture yeah. today. That's my opinion. Right. Okay. I think that's where I myself. I agree yeah. with what you just said. Okay, but you see these say, oh, well, I'm an apostle, I'm being, and consecrate the person as an apostle. I mean, like, if Jesus didn't do it, how could you do it? You know, so, like, right. And I want to say to them, show me the scriptural uh, position for your apostolic authority. And if you claim to be an apostle, what goes with it? Now, people have called me uh, an apostle every now and then. I've gotten that every few years. You're like an apostle, Matt. You defend the faith. You speak authoritatively. You tell us what the truth is. And I say, well, I appreciate that, but I'm not an apostle. I'm just a guy who, who does this. That's it. Now, if they want to say I'm obnoxious and irritating, hey, I'll claim those titles, no problem. But I'm not going to claim, you know, I'm an apostle. It's, into my, in my opinion, it's uh, self-exalting. But if I were to walk into a church, hey, just call me Apostle Slick. It just does not sound good on multiple levels, you know? Right. Yeah. It's in the, this is happening a lot in the New Apostolic Reformation Church, N-A-R. Yeah. And it's a problem. It is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to get your view on it because I was kind of looking at it from the first century church perspective. And they're like, we're called. But then all these people are saying now, oh, well, we're going to ordain and we're going to consecrate a person to the office of an apostle. Wow. Yeah, I have a problem with that. And what does it mean? Does it mean they have authority? Does it mean they can teach and preach and do miracles? Can women then be apostles and be preachers and teachers? We've got problems. They don't ask those questions. we got to go, buddy. All right? There's the time. All right, man. You too. God bless, Derek. Uh, hey, folks. 
We're out of time. May the Lord bless you. And I hope you have a great evening. And by His grace, we'll be back on here tomorrow. And we'll talk to you then. We'll see you. Another program powered by the Truth Network.